As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. show the playoff field is set Ari Wasserman and I are back together for the second time in about 12 hours um we've apologized for for picking Georgia to beat Alabama we we got that out of the way last night Ari now we got to break down a playoff field and the committee could have given us a little drama but basically the field everybody expected number one Alabama number two Michigan number three Georgia number four Cincinnati I have like this, this, we, we talked a little bit about it on the previous podcast, but it's like on one hand, I feel like Georgia got rewarded for being blown out in their conference championship game. But then on the other hand, you have to make sure that Alabama has the easiest route. And on paper, regardless of what you think, this isn't a slight at, in, at Cincinnati, but they would probably be the biggest favorites against Cincinnati of all of them. So you have to, you have to uh, reward Bama, you know, but I think it's interesting. I would have liked to see a rematch from the SEC game right away. I don't know if that was ever going to happen, but I feel like that was what that would be the right thing. So Gary Barta got asked about that by Reese Davis on the ESPN show. Uh, Gary Barta is the Iowa athletic director. He's the the chair of the playoff selection committee. So let's, let's hear how he answered that question about matchups, rematches, all that, all that stuff. The follow-up thing is something that I just brought up that started percolating last night in, in some quarters, is that the committee should try to avoid uh, the possibility of an Alabama-Georgia championship, or some others would say avoid an Alabama-Georgia rematch in the semifinals. Uh, clarify, I know what the protocol is, but clarify whether anything like that ever comes up, even in the discussion prior to the voting stage. The answer is, is no. Uh, what the committee does, and it's a fair question and I understand the speculation, but the answer is no. Uh, we come into the room and we take and we line up the teams, we talk about their strengths, their weaknesses, their wins, their losses, all the things, and then now as of last night and this weekend, the championships, uh, and we rank them one through, in this case, one through four, all the way one through six that, that you've, uh, you've un, uh, revealed, and we don't look at matchups. We just look at who, who belongs number one, two, three, and four. So that's what he says. 
I tend to believe him, and I'll tell you why. Uh, okay, Mr. Stars Matter, let me ask you one question. Who's better, Georgia or Cincinnati? Georgia. Then Georgia's number three. If you we'll, yeah. and we'll use we'll, we'll use my patented method of, of choosing between number three and number four. If you kidnap Nick Saban, you know, threw him in a van, put a bag over his head, took him to a a secure location, and then you shot him up with truth serum, and you said, "Who would you least like to face in your semifinal matchup?" Who would he say? Georgia. Georgia's number three. Then that's it's the simplest way of deciding it. I, I, uh, Georgia's. But number then three. again, then why aren't they two? <laughs> By that same logic. I I I actually don't know if he'd say Georgia or Michigan because they beat Georgia pretty easily, and Michigan does a lot of the same things, looks kind of similar. I think that might be pretty even. Especially yeah. after the last two games Michigan's played. Like, if you've watched the last two games Michigan's played, you're like, eh, I don't know if I want to see those Michigan, guys. I, 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 I might Michi- take the team I just beat. <laughs> I think you can make the case that Michigan is playing with the most confidence, and they seem to be in a position where they are um, believing in themselves the most. And I'm not trying to make this sound like a Hallmark movie, but I think that matters when you're jiving, when this people is, like each other. This is Hallmark other. Christmas movie season, Ari, so you, you, <laughs> you, you go You know right what I ahead. mean, though? It does matter. Christmas like in Ann Arbor, where they believe yeah. that they can beat anyone, <laughs> including the Georgia Bulldogs in the Orange Bowl. Yes. That's funny. I, listen, I know Georgia's probably going to be favored by Vegas in the Orange Bowl. I don't know that Georgia's an easy pick, especially after what we saw in the SEC championship game. That Those weaknesses that had not been exposed all season got exposed and Michigan is the type of team that can take advantage of those. Yeah, yeah. You know, a seven-point spread is, is a lot, but it's not that much. You know, you got one, you're one Michigan touchdown away in the first quarter from getting it at even. You know, and I, I think that the way that Georgia played, I'm very curious to, to know whether or not Michigan's offense will be able to score. But Michigan, on the surface right now, I think is every bit as dangerous or every bit as scary to whoever they're playing in the playoff as Georgia would be. Um, so I, I yeah, think that, I, I think you're right about that. Now, you know, it, going it, back to what Gary Barta said, though, they say that they don't discuss matchups as part of the protocol in the room. And I understand right. that, and I believe that. But I also think that you have to take into account that people who are voting think about these types of things subconsciously or consciously, even if it's not discussed. So, like, if you and I are doing a Heisman ballot or any sort of ballot, we have other reasonings besides who you would put there. Like, if you do your Heisman ballot, your reasoning for putting Bryce Young on a spot might also be impacted by Will Anderson's placement on your ballot. And even though that's not part of the protocol or it's not part of the reason why you're voting what you're voting, it does have a subconscious impact on the way that you view things. Do you see what I'm saying? I, I do, but it, I really don't think they were thinking matchups. And I know there's, there's a lot of people who will never believe that. Now, if you had a preference, Ari, would, would you have liked to see Bama Georgia 2 right away? Or would you have liked... This possibility. So this is the part that, you know, for the SEC, it's sort of feast famine. They're either going to get an all SEC championship game or one or the other or no, no teams in the championship game. I, I think most people assume at least one of them is going to win. But 
Would you rather have the guarantee of a team in the championship game or you could get two or you could get none? I think if you're the SEC, you realize that, especially if you look at this this field, nobody is going to pick Cincinnati to beat Bama. And let's be honest, they're not going to. So Nobody it, picked Bama to beat Georgia. <laughs> no, no, I know, I know. But now we're talking about Alabama here. So I think that I if you look at the specific field, you would be confident. I mean, before the game started, we were talking about the potential of, of this national championship rematch. And then in the third quarter, we knew the writing was on the wall that they would play again in the national championship. I don't know that Georgia deserves the easier route, quote-unquote easier. I mean, depending on what... I know Georgia would rather play Michigan than Bama again right now. So, you know, it sets up nicely for it to be an Alabama-Georgia national championship. And I think people would love to watch that game. But I also feel like if you go back to the Oklahoma State situation, like 24 hours ago or, you know, 48 hours ago, we were looking at the potential of Michigan and Oklahoma State and Cincinnati making it. And if that would have happened, then we would have a ton of new blood and a completely new playoff. And now it's just like if the bottom line is going to be, it's going to be the same national championship game as it was in 2018. This beautiful, crazy, insane, senseless season is just going to boil down to the same crap that we see every year. And that's kind of depressing. And It's vindicating for a Stars Matter person, but it was going to be kind of fun to see how things played out. You were you were in the midst of an existential crisis. I'm glad that you I don't know what to do. Yeah, the, I'm glad you come around on the fact that new blood would have been fun and interesting. I will say, if it winds up being a, a national title game between Alabama and Georgia, like the the one after the 2017 season, I mean that was a pretty good game. <laughs> it was kind of fun to watch. So I, I'd be all right with that. I, I just hope the the semifinal games are good. You know, I'm I'm tired of blowouts in the semis. That, that those are the ones that, that get annoying. You know, we, the last time Georgia was in the playoff, they played a classic semi in the Rose Bowl against Oklahoma. I, I hope we see something to the tune of that in at least one of these games. Uh, when we come back, Ari, want to throw another Gary Barter quote at you because uh, we're assuming Alabama is the best team, but we brought it up earlier in the show. Michigan is so hot right now, to, to quote everybody talking about Hansel and Zoolander. They, they, are, they are the team that I don't know that anybody wants to play right now. So let's, let's talk about that when we come back. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Welcome back. So we were talking a, a few minutes ago about Michigan being the most confident team in the country, maybe the hottest team in the country. I want to ask you, Ari, even with Alabama beating Georgia on Saturday, 
Did Michigan have the best resume in the country? Um, it's certainly up for discussion. I mean, I think beating Ohio State the way that they did is one of the better wins of 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 the season. I think that I would still take Alabama's win over Georgia as more impressive, uh, especially considering the fact that it came in a uh, conference championship atmosphere. But, you know, I guess Michigan also had a better loss. I mean, based on the way that the committee uh, ranked them. So I think when we were watching the show, I thought there was a chance that Michigan would be number one. And I think it would have been well-deserved, especially, too, because Alabama was playing kind of a weird brand of uninspired football for a month straight. You know, and really, if anybody watched the Michigan-Michigan State game, we all know who the better team was. And I took a lot of crap on Twitter uh, the following week when Michigan was rated ahead of Michigan State. inexplicably in the polls or in the playoff rankings uh, that I thought that Michigan was better. And I think it's pretty clear that they are. So to me, they both have outstanding defensive players. I think I would be a little bit more um, if comparing Alabama and Michigan head to head more excited about offense in Alabama. I mean, Jamison Williams and Bryce Young and all the guys that they have there, I think are really, really talented and can probably score uh, quite a bit as we saw against them, uh, what they did to Georgia. But I do think that there is a case to be made. I don't think it's black and white. And I think I I would have been okay with Michigan was the number one seed right now. I don't think so either. So Gary Barta did get asked about that by Reese Davis on the ESPN show. Here was his answer. But at the top, what separated Alabama and Michigan in the judgment of the committee? Well, let's begin with the game that was uh, played last night. Uh, coming into the game, Georgia has been, you know, they, they were undefeated. They've been ranked number one by the committee all along. And, uh, and so not only did Alabama beat Georgia, but the way they beat them. They controlled the, the game pretty much from start to finish. So there's that. And, and when you add that to their body of work, there are other wins against Ole Miss, Arkansas, et cetera. But uh, at the end of the day, uh, now Michigan, uh, obviously a big win two weeks in a row now looking great against Ohio State and then against Iowa. But at the end of the day, uh, the, the complete victory over Georgia, the, the committee came out of there uh, with a strong consensus that Alabama was one and Michigan was two. So they, they beat a 10-win team 42-3, to which I, probably is, is analogous to Alabama's win against Ole Miss, Ari. Would that, would yeah, that be I accurate? think so. I think that'd be fair. Yeah, yeah. so, so I, I, I think it was a pretty even resume, and then you just decide – Again, just like we were saying with Cincinnati and Georgia, who, who do you think is better? And so they, they picked Alabama. Uh, you've seen the opening lines come out. Uh, Alabama's a double-digit favorite over Cincinnati. Uh, Georgia almost a double-digit favorite over Michigan. But I, I just – I'm very curious because this Alabama team, and I know we made the pledge last night, we're never picking against Nick Saban again, and I'm not going to pick against Nick Saban in this game. I'm going to pick Alabama this game. I'm telling you that right now. But – that Alabama team we saw in the SEC championship game was very different than the Alabama team we saw most of the season. We probably saw that team once in the Ole Miss game. We didn't see it against Auburn. We didn't see it against Florida. We sure as heck didn't see it against LSU. We didn't see it against Texas A&M. So are we to assume that this fairly young team, which Alabama is, is pretty young, are we to assume that it matured and this is the team we'll see? In the playoff, or is it possible the team that was somewhat up and down through the season will be the one that shows up in the Cotton Bowl? 
I think that, let me ask you this, has Alabama showed up to a playoff game or an SEC championship game in your memory where they played like crap? No. They have, they've lost, but. Yeah, the, losing the, and, and, even the, and, yeah. Yeah, even the 44-18 loss to Clemson, the score got out of hand because Alabama kept doing the things that were trying to win. It was almost like, it was very similar to what Ole Miss tried to do against Alabama this year, where the score got out of hand because Lane Kiffin kept doing the things you had to do to try to win that game. Uh, so, yeah, I, I would agree that they've been prepared and competitive pretty much every time. And I don't want to say that teams in the regular season are called triple over sleepwalking, or, but there's a whole different button and level of play that you expect from your team and you get from your team in a playoff scenario. Everybody knows what's at stake. Everybody knows that you're two games away in a semifinal from winning a national championship. And let's be honest, there's nobody in the game that's more equipped or more proven to be able to push the right buttons on his team than Nick Saban. So, you know, like I don't know what would have to happen uh, for Cincinnati to actually beat Bama. I think Bama would have to play very poorly and have a bunch of turnovers that they usually don't have. And I just don't think that that's a characteristic that Nick Saban teams in the playoff have ever illustrated. And, you know, after the embarrassment of what we just did uh, going into the SEC championship game, I don't even know if I could wrap my head around a scenario where Alabama, that Alabama team that we just saw, losing. And I think that's the Alabama team that's going to show up now because it's the biggest stage, the brightest lights, and the biggest stakes. Well, two really good corners for Cincy. They're actually probably playing better corners in this game than they did against Georgia. Now, the rest of the defense is, is better for Georgia. But Georgia didn't do a very good job of getting any pressure on Bryce Young at all. Uh, you know, you, you go back to A&M, you go back to LSU, they were in his face a lot. Uh, Georgia couldn't get there. I, I, it, I have a question about Georgia, Ari. You know, I go back to 2017, and I was at the Georgia-Auburn game in the regular season when Auburn just annihilated Georgia. They made some tweaks and changes. Like, they changed their offensive line around after that game. Uh, and then did a couple other things, and they came back just a complete juggernaut after that. Do you think that what Alabama did to Georgia will force Georgia into some changes that could make Georgia a tougher team to deal with in the playoff than it was already? Well, let me ask you this, Andy. How much do you think quarterback play played into the fact that they lost? Not as much as everybody on Twitter seems to think. People are laying this game at the feet of Stetson Bennett. I don't, I, I don't know that it's completely Stetson Bennett's fault. I think a lot of it is the defense that had given up nothing all season, letting Bryce Young shred them. I think that had something to do with And they were gassed. Get to Bryce Young. Yeah. Which yeah, I thought was noticeable, like Young. being gassed. Right. Absolutely. Well, because nobody, nobody had been able to sustain drives against them. So there's that, there's that piece of it. But, yes, the quarterback play was not perfect. Now, would it have been better with JT Daniels? I don't know. I'm guessing that Stetson Bennett has been the better quarterback, and that is why he's still playing. But we don't see the practices. Kirby Smart lost a national championship because the other coach had the fortitude to make a change at the most important position at the most critical and insane time imaginable. If there is a chance... And we know Kirby Smart hasn't necessarily been one for making drastic changes to his quarterback position if somebody was better on the roster. But it would be interesting to me if Georgia showed up in the playoff with a new quarterback, a more well-conditioned uh, defense, and showed up entirely different team in the national championship game. And we put our hands up and we vowed we would never pick against Alabama again. Same, yeah. But if... if 
uh, Georgia and Alabama were to face off in the national championship game, which let's be honest, is probably what's going to happen. I don't know that I would be, I'm never going to pick against Alabama, but I wouldn't be shocked if Georgia won that game. Let me, let me throw another thing at you, Ari, about the, uh, the Cotton Bowl. Alabama will be facing a better quarterback in the Cotton Bowl than it faced in the SEC championship game. I don't think there's an argument about that. I think Des Ritter's probably better than both of Georgia's quarterbacks. Yeah, that's probably true. So they are going to see a more dynamic quarterback than they saw. Uh, Jerome Ford <laughs> averaging six yards a carry, averaged like 10 yards a carry against Houston yesterday. Uh, we, so it happens when you break off a 45-yard, uh, or what was it, a 75-yard touchdown run? 75, yeah. yeah. Uh, Cincinnati, This is and this is something we talked about regarding Georgia. Georgia has yet to prove that it can win two types of games, that it could get dragged into a shootout and win that way, and that it can win kind of that low-scoring defensive struggle. Alabama and Cincinnati can do both. They have proven they can do both. What, which one of those do you think this winds up being? Um, I don't know. Uh, I think that it's really hard for me to wrap my head around the idea that Alabama was able to do that to them. And like, what, what it makes you think, like, what do you think that they are defensively? Are you still best defense in the history of college football that had a bad game? Or are you on the well, side not, of exposed I'm not by Georgia's defense? I'm asking what game, what style of game are we going to see between Alabama and Cincinnati, both of which can beat oh, you in a shootout? Oh, I'm sorry, I misunderstood or beat you. you in a low-scoring game. Yeah, um, I think that it's going to be a pretty high-scoring game, but I think that it might just be high-scoring on one side. I mean, I'm sorry, it's in my DNA. I can't, I can't help the stars thing. Like the I just stars, the stars I, matter. It's, it, I, I think that oh, Alabama is going to win by a lot. By the way, while we're on the subject of stars mattering, stars matter on this podcast too. Please uh, rate and review. Oh yeah, five star five star reviews are like five star prospects. We we need to collect as many as we can if we want to win the podcast national championship. So please smash that five star review, and you know leave comments, fair criticisms. We 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 can handle it. We're big boys. But if if you find it in your heart. Stars matter to us, too. So five-star reviews, if you can throw them out there, it helps us. It makes the podcast get spread to more people, and then you will have more inside jokes that you can share with more people, like never bet on pit, ever, and under any circumstances. <laughs> they'll know what you're talking about. Like, you'll say something like, oh, it's sort of like betting on pit, and they'll be like, yeah, dude, I know. It's, it's like that. So it's Wonderfully do done that. segue, by the way. I... I, I I've been meaning to say that for like three episodes, so I keep getting hung up. But, but I mean, I, the I you stars matter thing I understand, and and the Alabama always showing up in the, in the big games I get. I just think there there are still limitations that Alabama has shown us, and and times when they have not been as good this season. If they are slightly off, Cincinnati can make this a competitive game. I'm not going to say this is going to be a blowout right off the bat. That said, I'm also not picking his Nick Saban because I did make a pledge about 13 hours ago. I think the spread's going to be three scores. Have you seen you the spread eventually? yet? Uh, yes, what, I've seen what it. What did it open uh, at? Uh, like 14 and a half. Yeah, three scores. 
Uh, yes, that's true. So, oh, yeah. Two scores, two-point conversions. Yeah, if you count two-point conversions, but, you know, I, I think that... I do. <laughs> I, I think that 14-and-a-half is, is viewed as a three-possession uh, game. But, like, the idea, I guess, that you would have to get Cincinnati to be competitive in this game is score early and get confidence. You know what I mean? It can't just be one of these games where Alabama comes out and punches you in the mouth and then, you know, that's it. Because we all know that over the course of time in these games, and this is the thing that I always wonder about, Andy, it's not just the talent on the top end. You know, we can take the best players on Alabama's team and say, this guy's going to be good. This guy's going to be good. It's in the third quarter when people are tired and Alabama's when John rolling Mechie, in five stars. John Mechie tears his ACL and they, they keep destroying Georgia's defense like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, no, I agree. They keep bringing them in and keep bringing them in. And, and I, in Cincinnati's roster, though talented and exciting to watch is not even remotely close. They are like what in the mid fifties in the talent composite rankings. You know, and it's just like you can ignore it. You can pretend like it doesn't matter and you can watch Rudy. I mean, all, whatever you want to do. But these games have a wear out factor. And even if it's a close game in the beginning, Alabama will keep punching them and punching them and punching them with fresh, talented bodies in the third and fourth quarter when Cincinnati's exhausted. And I think they will eventually wear them down. We shall find out. When we come back, though, really interesting what if that our producer John Hayes threw out that I want to propose to Ari. We'll be right back. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Welcome back. So, John Hayes, our producer, brought this up to me before we started recording today, Ari, and I wanted to run this by you. If this were UCF with that resume three years ago, is it would they get in? Is, is it that the climate is different now with Cincinnati getting in? Or is it just that Cincinnati had the massive win against Notre Dame that buoyed it? I think it was the fact that there was complete chaos in the rest of the sport, too. Like, Cincinnati had the perfect year. They got Notre Dame uh, on the road, and they won. Then Notre Dame didn't lose again, which buoyed, like you said, Cincinnati's resume. And then the rest of the sport fell apart, you know? And we were at the point where we were coming up with scenarios where if two or three games went differently on Saturday, they wouldn't even have a fourth candidate to put into the playoff. And I think that's the kind of thing that Cincinnati was certainly a beneficiary of. Because I feel like even... Uh, one other win, one other change, uh, Big 12 champion was different. Cincinnati would have had to sweat. Um, but like when you look at just even, this is the way I like to put it. If you look at the 247 composite rankings in the 2021, you know, and I, I don't mean to belabor the point here, but like let's look at them. In the 2021 class, Alabama and Georgia are the, or the 2021 season, Alabama and Georgia are the two most talented teams. Then you have Ohio State, sucks. Then you have Clemson, sucks, at four. LSU, five, sucks. By, you mean, Oklahoma, you mean by, six, by, sucks. By their, by their standards. standards. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. They don't Not have LSU, the... but everybody else. Yeah, yeah, LSU just sucks. Uh, Florida, sucks for their standard. A&M, completely uh, out, 
or underperform based on potential expectations this year. Eight, uh, nine, Oregon beat Ohio State and looked like crap for the rest of the year. Ten, USC completely gave up. Eleven, Texas, we know the score there. Twelve, Notre Dame, who Cincinnati beat. And then you got 13, Miami, 14, Auburn, 15, Michigan, 16, Penn State. I mean, who's good this year? Like, there weren't a lot of very great teams, and there weren't a lot of ex- like exceptionally good teams. So I think that trying to go back in time and say, well, if UCF would have had that team this year, then they would have made the playoff. Absolutely. If they would have played and beaten Cincinnati this year and had that same resume, they would have gotten in. And I don't know if that's a change of thought process or a completely different viewpoint. It's just the circumstance. I'm talking about, I'm talking about with that UCF resume because their best win was against Maryland that year. Um, Well, actually their best win was probably against the, the USF in the, in the black Friday game. If you subbed out, if you subbed out Cincinnati's win over Notre Dame this year and put in Maryland, would they be in? I think it's the best way to ask that. I think they would. I think as the only undefeated FBS team, they would be in. But I don't know because we we've seen the committee hold those undefeated teams down just because they they would ask who have you played. There was never a question of who Cincinnati played because of that Notre Dame win. Even though the, the other one, and Indiana coming into the season, we thought was going to be a really big game for them. It's just Indiana turned out not to be very good. So I do think that, that beating Notre Dame, and, and so if you're a group of five team, now look, all of this may change when they expand the playoff, and, and look, they're, they're going to expand the playoff, especially after two SEC teams just got in again. But if you're a group of five team, you've you got to make sure you're trying to get a power on your schedule every single year, even if you got to go there for a bye game. It's it's the only way. That's the only way to earn that respect. In the current system. In the current system. Now, yeah. in, in the 12-team system that's coming, you just have to win your league if you're, if you're in the American. And, and really, probably the Mountain West. If you can go undefeated in the American and Mountain West... You don't have to win there, your there conference. Some, you have to go undefeated. Yeah, there, there are some... Well, no, if, if there's six highest ranked conference champs or five AQs in the power five. And then, and then one well, just more. the highest rated group of five team. Yeah. Yeah. So you don't even have to go undefeated anymore in that case. It's just, it would probably help because it's going to be rare that there are years where you have an undefeated mountain West champ and an undefeated American champ, or uh, actually the Sun Belt's about to get stronger with the, some of the teams they pilfered from, from conference USA. So they might be able to, to put one in as well. And I mean, we've seen the Mac put teams in the in the New Year's Six and in, the, in those types of games, so it's not completely impossible, but you got to try to get that game and, until they change the system. And you know it's probably too late at this point unless you already have it scheduled because by the time you can get it scheduled, the system will have changed. Yeah, you also um, have to get, you also have to be lucky. Like, what if Notre Dame? Because remember, early this season, we looked at Notre Dame. We're like, I don't know if they get their quarterback situation figured out. The line doesn't look like it's as good as usual. Like, let's say they had lost four games in a row at some point. Like, then since he's out of luck, because they're like, well, you didn't beat anybody at all. So you you also have to get lucky that that team you scheduled is good that year. I mean, you have to have everything. I for the first the way that this happened the, for the first time, Cincinnati had the marquee win. They had the power five, and maybe this is the same thing, but they had the power, not a power five, but a power team on their resume that was going to buoy them. That team that they beat also ended up only losing one game, and the rest of the sport fell apart. So, like, if you had 
uh, an Ohio State or a Clemson or one of these powers just being who they usually are. And I guess maybe not Ohio State because Michigan took their spot, but Clemson being who they were this year and the ACC got a team in. And since, like, if Clem- they were Clemson being undefeated away from being out, it's that simple. So under the or Clemson the being a one loss champion, then they would have been out. Yeah. So under the 12 team playoff, the one that was proposed, who who is the number who is the number three or four seed? Because since he I think since he moves up to three, Georgia would have to be five because they weren't a conference champ. And that would push Notre Dame to six and Ohio State to seven. So who would have been the next highest ranked conference champ in that situation? Would be Baylor. It would have been Baylor. Okay, so Baylor would have And I think Baylor got completely disrespected on Sunday. Yeah, well, the TCU loss, I think, is is probably what killed them. I mean, teams get forgiven for bad losses all the time. If Baylor hadn't lost to TCU, though, the Baylor-Cincinnati would have been a real argument. I think Baylor would have been in. They would have had the, the wins against both Oklahoma schools, which would have been two really good wins against the one, you know, one really really good win and i i do i think you there would have been a lot more debate about it so i don't so, i know that i had um some podcast f- like content fuel last night but mm-hmm. i did tweet out uh sunday morning before the reveal the thought process of avenging a loss and if how they should be evaluated and i just want to know your opinion is it really that strange to say that if that if you beat a team in the last game of the season in a conference championship game that you lost to two months earlier, should we evaluate that loss differently? I I don't think it should nullify the loss completely, but you absolutely should should evaluate it differently. Because losing to the team that Baylor beat to win the Big 12 is the reason they're not in the playoff. And I find that to be completely stupid. It's like people always yell, also, games matter. They and, also could have not lost to TCU that had just fired its coach. Like, Sure. No, I know. Sorry. I know. But you can There's make the really same no case for other for teams. But you're right. I'm not, I don't feel bad for Baylor. They blew it. I'm just saying it's just hard to wrap your mind around the idea that the team that – because if they would have just lost to TCU and you remove the Oklahoma State loss, they would still probably be in the playoff right well, now. And, and I know so, like, you don't the just Baylor people switch are going to say – I'm sure the Baylor people are going to say, you know, they changed quarterbacks that week. Chandler Morris came in. It was a different, you know, basically hadn't seen. It was basically a new offense that, that Baylor had to deal with that they had not had a chance to prepare for. I don't care. <laughs> you got to beat that team. If you if you want to play, you know, be considered to play for the national title, you got to beat that team in this system. Now, in the 12-team system, which is going to happen, I know everybody keeps thinking, well, what if they do eight? What if they – uh, the only way they're going to do eight is if they do best eight, which is not going to happen. So the SEC is only going to take eight if it's best eight, and the SEC is going to get what it wants because it's the only one that doesn't care if they don't if they just stay at four. So they're not doing best eight because the Pac-12, the Big 12, all the Group of Five leagues, and really the ACC need automatic bids. So they're not going to do eight. So they're going to do twelve. So Baylor would have been your number four seed in that case. Cincinnati probably is your number three, or you could have that argument if you want, Ari. And then that pushes it down. Ohio State would have been, or sorry, Georgia would have been five. Ohio State would have been six in that one. And then Notre Dame, I'm sorry, Notre Dame would have been six. Ohio State would have been seven. Notre Dame at five 
in this system is interesting to me too in, in regard to that playoff expansion talk because the ACC has been gumming up the works trying to force Notre Dame to join the ACC in football because that's the only way the ACC can, can open up its TV contract and, and get out of this horrific deal that they're locked into until we'll all be dead. And I think this year is an argument that Notre Dame never has to join a conference. Like, because I had always said the trade-off for Notre Dame being able to make the playoff is they have to go 12-0 and 0 in a 14 playoff. And, that, and they're willing to make that trade-off. They're willing to accept that if they go 11-1, they're not going to make it. Ari, they could have made it. One or two different results, and they would have made this playoff at 11-1. So if I'm... But they Jack still Corbett, missed it. You also have to take into account, though, that this was the weirdest year of the playoff era. Well... And they still and, didn't and make I'll, it. But, but also take into account that the schedule they had, which is which was on paper prior to the season, looked great. None of those teams, except for Cincinnati, wound up being good. Like yeah, that's true. In a in a normal year, those teams are going to be good. Now you you say, okay, well, one of those teams would have beaten them. Then okay, that's also true. But let's say Notre, let's say Marcus Freeman continues to recruit the way he has since he got there, and they just bring in loads of talent. And the schedule on paper looks good. And then the teams actually wind up being good. And Notre Dame goes 11-1. I think Notre Dame still has as good of a chance at 11-1 as maybe the ACC champ does if Clemson's not Clemson. And that's a problem for the ACC. Like, if I'm Jack Swarbrick, I go to Jim Phillips and be like, listen, dude, it's never going to happen. So you may as well stop dreaming and do what's best for the league relative to the playoff. Yeah, and then we're probably, what, two years away from it and really never being a discussion again. So, you know, yeah. once they expand the playoff, the Notre Dame might be, be a two-loss team that gets in at some point. Exactly. They never have to join a conference when the playoff expands. Yeah. And that's what the that's the ACC's fear, is that they, they can never, you know, crowbar Notre Dame into the league that way. But the problem is, if Notre Dame's better off in the four team than the ACC is, then there is no debate at Notre Dame. Like, because they don't want to do it, and there's no incentive to do it at this point. So, and also they're so Phillips, close to the end of it changing. Why does it even matter? You know, so you're, you're only two years removed from the whole system being different. No, what I'm saying is Ari, the ACC has been stalling on the expansion to try to make Notre Dame do this. Gotcha. The ACC has to agree to the expansion or it doesn't happen. Yes. No, I agree. <laughs> so, so yeah, 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 I thought we were, I thought you meant like, Notre Dame, from Notre Dame's standpoint, why would they ever join? Well, the no, no, what I'm saying yeah. is they never will. So yeah. it's time for the ACC to accept that and just And maybe just have evaluate. some fun with the rest of us. Maybe just join the fun party. Yeah, I mean, here, here's the thing. All these other games will be announced. And, like, Ohio State-Utah in the Rose Bowl sounds like a fun game. But I'd much rather have Ohio State-Utah at the freaking horseshoe and the winner gets to move on. That's a better game. Yeah. I mean, Sorry. every single game is better with stakes. It doesn't even matter who's participating in it or where yeah. it is. Every, uh, actually, maybe this is our first podcast t-shirt. Are you ready? Every game is better with stakes, S-T-A-K-E-S. <laughs> and every game is better with stakes, S-T-E-A-K-S. Yeah. I'd wear that. That's <laughs> Get a little Andy true. Staples show right behind the... Yeah, you know, on the back. Staple Show logo on the back. Yes. Yeah, I'd wear that. Every game is We'd, better with stakes. Every game is better with stakes. What's taking so long for the merchandise? 
Uh, I'm lazy. That's pretty much it. My own yeah. personal laziness. Sorry. I want to be wearing Andy Staples sweatpants in six weeks. Andy Staples joggers. Andy Staples show joggers. Yeah, yeah. Andy Staples show joggers. With uh, oh, t-shirts, dude. Like cufflinks. the juicy couture ones that, that all the ladies wore back at the turn of the century. Yeah, right on the butt. Juicy across the butt. It's gonna say it's stars gonna say, matter across the butt. Oh my god. Oh my god. Could you honestly? You I don't want to live in a world where women were wearing those. You know. Oh no, the, the women are smart enough to not buy them. It'll it would be, be for men. me. Yeah, it would, it would be all dudes. I, if anybody it's, can make it a fashion statement, it'd be you. So let's let's get. And it has to be stars matter and rhinestones. Yeah. <laughs> stars matter bedazzled across my ass yeah um wow we're yeah. gonna make millions i cannot wait i'm gonna i'm gonna get on the horn with with my clothing manufacturer right now we got to make this happen actually ari that might be what what we have to do because <laughs> i lost the the bet with uh with pit and wake they did not hit the over they Turned it into a defensive struggle in the second half for some reason. So if I had a if I had a pair of joggers made with Stars Matter bedazzled across the butt, <laughs> would a punishment be that I had to wear them in, in a grocery public? store? Yeah. Yes. I have to go grocery shopping in my Stars Matter joggers. I think we can make this happen. And then and then I will I will, I will send them to you. To, we to, gotta have to I should come to wall. Gainesville and just like go watch you shop and be like ten well, feet behind you. Well you'd have to film it. You yeah, I want to film it. Content. Yeah. I just... <laughs> okay. I let me see. I, I am sure there I, I'm gonna go on Etsy and find out how to get this made. And we're gonna get we're gonna get some bedazzled sweatpants and make this happen. Yeah. But I mean that, to me that'd be amazing. Oh, that's funny. Okay. I think we've uh, we figured out the punishment. I got to figure out how to get it made. But if it works, we will we will make an Andy Staples store shop and we will sell them to, to you, the public that has been dying for Stars Matter joggers with Stars Matter in rhinestones across your butt. It's been great. What a season, Ari. Signing day isn't a week and a half. This stuff never stops. We got, we got so coaching much to talk carousel. About. We got it all. We got the other bowl games. Guys, thank you so much for listening all season. We have had so much fun. When you guys tweeted us, when you come on the live rooms and you tell us you know, how much you're listening and, and, and you, you have the inside jokes down, it, it just makes my heart feel great. But none of this is going to stop. We're, we're going full bore all through the off season. So thanks so much, but it ain't stopping. We ain't stopping. Stars matter across your butt. Just imagine it. I don't know if I can have it ready for Christmas, but you know, if you got some friends that have, early, if you get them ready for Christmas, you're going to shop them. You're going to go to the mall wearing them and you have to do all your all Christmas right. shopping, wearing them. Ari, right, my Christmas shopping's already done. I, I, I come well, prepared. Maybe you can buy but- me something. You're not Christian. There's a tree in my house. Oh, you got a Hanukkah bush? Okay. We've, no, we, it is kind of a Hanukkah bush, but it's like decorated. like It's festive. We got a menorah. And a, yeah, yeah. And we got a little, a little elves, you know. You know, Jews get into the into the Christmas spirit, too, you know. We're also off of work. We're also <laughs> out there having a good time. Like, come on. 
That doesn't mean you don't have to get me a what so every single person never we should have, is ever going to get me a we present. We got to make matching. We got to get matching Stars Matter joggers. I'll wear them. All right, the only present I'm, I'm getting you is Stars Matter joggers. That, that that's it. There's no there's no other option here. Yeah. Go ahead. I'll wear them. All right. <laughs> we will talk to you again soon. Bye. Thank <music> you.